Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Leanne DeSanto, and I am so excited to be here with you today and excited to share Amy Smith with you. She is absolutely amazing. You will love our conversation. She is a certified confidence coach, speaker, and empowerment expert. Now here at Rise Up For You, we're all about the whole person. And this podcast is here really to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. And we know that the foundation of that is confidence and self-love. And that is exactly what Amy is all about. She is the founder of thejoyjunkie.com. And she is all about radical self-empowerment and helping people find their voice. And she will share her amazing story of how she found her voice and how she has set her life up to be one of radical self-love. Rise up for you. Enjoy this episode as we welcome Amy Smith. Well, welcome, Amy. I'm so excited to have you on the Rise Up For You podcast. Thank you for having me. We'll have a blast. Absolutely. I'm really excited for our conversation today. Um, and we always like to start by just having our guests share with our audience, you know, who you are, what you do, and, and the journey that led you here today. Wow. Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes all of that. <laughs> yes. Well, I uh, am a confidence coach and a personal empowerment expert. I focus primarily in the, in the realm of communication. So what that really looks like in my practice, and I'll kind of give you sort of the background of how that came to pass, it, it really is sort of twofold. It's this internal piece of genuinely believing that you're valuable, that you're enough, that your voice matters, which I know is something that your organization is so such an affiliate for. And, uh, and then the second piece is, okay, if I actually believe in myself, if I really do think that I'm worthy and I'm enough, now what does that sound like when I communicate? How does that sound if I'm asking for a divorce or if I am asking my adult children to move out of the house or if I'm telling a stranger not to rub my pregnant belly? Um, if I need to have a tough conversation, if I need to say no, establish boundaries. So we're not really given that vernacular or that vocabulary on how to handle ourselves with grace and kindness as well as assertiveness. Mm. So the sort of impetus for this work for myself, because that's a very specific niche in personal development, uh, was probably kind of came to a head in 07 when I lost my father. And uh, a little bit of context, I grew up in an extremely conservative, uh, born-again Christian family. A lot of it, uh, a lot of my uh, scholastic experience was extremely militant, uh, a lot of guilt and fear. And, uh, you know, I'll just let everybody sort of make their, their own assumptions there. <laughs> and uh, I, I was, by all accounts, kind of the good kid, right? So I had two younger brothers who both did jail time, had issues with the law. I started working when I was 14. I put myself through college, got married when I was 20 and moved out. And, you know, so I, I felt like I kind of had my shit together. Right. Mm -hmm. So my, my family, however, my mom in particular kind of grouped us all together because she felt like it doesn't, it, the, at least the, the image I was always, always received was 
because you're not quote walking with the Lord or, you know, subscribing to this phase, you're all, you're, you're all kind of a bunch of disappointments. So the day of my father's viewing, the day of his service, I not only spoke to a crowd of like hundreds, but I also did his makeup. So you're hearing that correctly. (laughs) I did mortuary makeup on my father's dead corpse for his, (laughs) and that sounds horribly macabre, but, but needless to say, I felt like I was kind of winning at daughter that day. Right. And uh, so we get back home after it's been just a really taxing day. And and it's one of those things where uh, I also had to deal with a lot of the faith and a lot of the religion kind of the laying on of hands and, you know, and I'm kind of going, I don't believe in this and this is fine for everybody else. But, and so just a lot of masquerading. Mm. So we get back home to my mom's house and she finds it the most opportune time to tell me, that it, it feels as though she has failed, that my father and her failed as parents because the three of us aren't walking with the Lord. And I'll tell you what, Leanne, that was a turning point. And I realized that, you know, I'd already started getting involved in personal development a little bit, but at the time I was still working as a makeup artist. And I realized that in that moment, there was going to be a cost to making sure that everybody else was happy, to constantly twisting and contorting and making sure that my family was happy. And up until that time, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband, you know, we're, you know, definitely left-leaning. And so I kind of always said, like, don't talk about politics, don't talk about Howard Stern or South Park <laughs> or, you know, d- don't do, don't cuss, don't drink, don't do anything like that. And, and so I had become very accustomed to making sure that they were always happy with me. And that was the moment I looked at my mom and I just said, you probably shouldn't say that to a child. And she said, well, that's just how I felt. That's just how I feel. And I, I kind of realized that there's many situations where it's not, it's not an ultimatum. It's not why we either have a baby or we don't have a baby or, you know, you either believe the way I believe or you don't, Mm. but this one was. And I realized that if push came to shove and I had to choose between you or me, I'm going to choose me. Mm. And that has then kind of cascaded into to the work that I do now is believing that you matter and mm. then being able to actually exercise that in communication. Wow. So yeah, love that's what I do over here. I love Cheers. that. And, and I, yeah. And I really do believe it, you know, of course all of our experiences bring us to where we are, but we, you know, we not only teach what we need to learn, but we are our own ideal client, right? It's, it's the people we work with, we, like we get yes. it, right? And that's, that's the biggest thing I know myself as a coach too. It's like, you're not alone. Like we, I get this. I get that feeling. I get that not being able to be authentic yeah. and have to people please because you don't want to step on toes, hurt feelings, eggshells, like this whole this eggshell environment, right? So um, so yeah, so that work is so, so important because so many people I, I know grew up that way, feel that way, whether it's with their family and their love relationship at work with coworkers. So yeah. That's right. Yeah. It happens. It happens in, in, in any time that we're in relationship. And yeah, it can be a business partnership. It can be anything. And what's really interesting is the trajectory directly following that for myself was I became extremely combative. Mm. So I, 
I became very much in the masculine, as you could as you could describe it. Right. Where it was okay if I'm going to speak up for myself, if I'm going to stand up for myself, that must mean malice. That must mean louder. That must mean stronger and hurtful. Mm-hmm. And so my instance was obviously with with my my family. But I think that a lot of people can relate to this in the workforce, where we kind of go, okay, women, you want to get ahead you must be masculine. Oh, wait, now we're going to call you a bitch. So now you need to be, you know, and so we have this whole crazy narrative that we're trying to dismantle. And, um, and, and so then I realized like, oh, after many, many a diatribe, many a fight that I had to go clean up with my mom and apologize for my delivery. Then I realized, oh, we can actually speak up. We can actually be incredibly assertive. And we can do it with the utmost grace and kindness. Mm. And that's when everything changed for me. When I kind of went, oh, okay, I can debate about political things. Or I can tell a client I don't have space for them. Or that they're a clinical issue. And that it's not, you know, I can have some really tough conversations. Or even tell my mom, please stop inviting me to church. <laughs> and I can do it with a kind, with kindness, mm. you know, with, with total respect. So I think that that's the one piece we miss. We think, oh, okay, well, if I'm so invested in what other people think, that must mean I'm a doormat. That must mean, you know, I'm meek and shy. But we see people all the time who are, by all outside uh, viewpoints, really confident, but still have a hell of a time speaking up for themselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's that's fantastic. Because I... I you know what I, and what you said i think about that a lot how as women we can operate over the top of of this um sometimes it can be depression sometimes it can be anger sometimes you know it can be different like those feelings that are way down we operate over the top of that extremeness like you said you were combative you were you came off more on the angry yes. side where some people might have that repressed anger but operate on, over that with um with sadness and depression and then they reach for the you know the drugs and the anti-anxiety stuff and, and so it's yeah it's getting down to that root of the root of where it comes from that's right. right that's right and i i believe sort of the nucleus of all of that is this belief that pretty much we all contend with in some iteration which is that i'm not enough yeah that in some way, and, and you could substitute all sorts of linguistics there, or uh, semantics rather, like you could substitute worthiness, you can substitute value. Um, some people it's even lovable. Am I lovable? And I really think that most all of us have some sort of core belief around I'm not valuable as is. I'm not worthy as is. And that leads to us constantly striving for adoration or achievement or accomplishment because then we make up, okay, well, if I have all of these accolades in my work or if I have achieved all of these things, then I must be valuable. Or conversely, if I don't achieve these things or if these people don't love me or approve of me, then I must not be valuable. And so what we have done, you know, without consciously realizing it, is we put all of our worth outside of ourselves. So then it becomes this rat race. And I'm sure you see this a lot in the leadership sect of Rise Up For You, where it's checking off the boxes, like keeping climbing up the level and like, wait a minute, why, why am I not happy? Because they're not doing that internal work of 
it's already there. We already have it, but we're not taught that. We're oh. not taught that anywhere. Oh, and we're in, in this day and age too with social media and just, you know, the whole, you know, advertising world is telling us we're not enough. You need this cream if you have a wrinkle. You need this Spanx if you have a bump on your butt. You, need, you know, it's like... <laughs> And we know all the photos are photoshopped anyway, so no one really looks like that. You know, <laughs> very few do. And, um, and yeah, it becomes this unattainable thing. So we live in this shame of I'm not enough or who do I think I am, right? And so it it kind of holds us back from being authentic. And like you said, speaking up and having boundaries, but in a kind way. It doesn't have to be in the forceful, you know, if you're not with me, you're against me way. It can be, hey, you know what, we can take a different opinion and that's okay. And how do we now more than ever come together, you know, instead of it being like against the size, whether it's religion or politics or, or family or, you know, whatever. So, that's right. um, yeah. So how, I, um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, how was your relationship with your mom now? You know, it's, it is really fascinating. It, it's very, it's great. And, but it is boundaried up. <laughs> boundaried up. So, you know, uh, even that anecdote that I shared earlier about, uh, about church, there's been times where, you know, she's invited me and I've said, you know, I don't, I don't talk to you about astrology. I don't talk to you about Wiccan or, you know, summer solstice or things like that. And I do that because I respect that that is, um, paganism to you and it, it's not something that's acceptable i would really appreciate the same respect in return my my commitment to you is that if i ever am interested you will be the first person to know and i will absolutely you know be there with you but one of the things that you can do when you um, are in opposition with somebody is to say what either your in, um, intention is or what you assume their intention is or is not. So it would sound something like this. I'm sure it's not at all your intention to push me away. You know, I'm sure, or you can say, please know it's not my intention to cause a rift between us. But, and then here's my request, uh, you know, in saying something like, it's, it's just my humble request that you don't ask me to these sorts of events anymore. And although I'm sure it's not your intention to offend, I do find that fairly offensive. It reads as disrespect. So um, I will let you know going forward. And then the, 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 the shitty thing about boundary setting is mm. then the reinforcement, that you actually have to be prepared for the boundary to be breached. Mm. And to say, hey, remember when we talked about that thing? <laughs> you know, I really meant it. Because a lot of people, especially if you're flexing that, confidence muscle and you haven't done that they're used to the people pleasing version of you they're used to the person who acquiesces and gives in so they're gonna go does leanne really mean that does amy really mean that <laughs> right and then you have to kind of go mm-hmm, yeah i really did so right yeah there's lots of nuance there too of course yeah absolutely absolutely you're right whether it's a, a you know established boundary or or a new boundary that you're trying to to um you know put in place and that that can be it's going to be tested and you're going to feel challenged and it's going to be easy to slip back into the pattern that you know that you're used to because that's just how your programming is and it takes a little bit of time so so i love that and and i love the um uh conversation starters that you talked about because i think it's it's when you can lead with vulnerability and be like, yeah. you know, I'd rather go stick my head in the toilet than have this conversation with you, but I really need to have this conversation. That kind of puts the other person at ease. Like, they don't have to be all yes. defensive, right? 
Absolutely. And I, I love that you brought that up. Uh, I'm sure you have many followers who enjoy uh, Brene Brown and her concepts. I always call her Our Lady Brene Brown. I think <laughs> like I have some quotes here of hers. Yeah. <laughs> Our yeah. Lady Brene. Um, but it, yeah, you know, a lot of times when I'm dealing with clients, I'm sure you have experienced this too, where, where they will bring up, like, I'm so afraid to tell my business partner this, or I'm so afraid to talk to, you know, my spouse about this or my children. And I'll say back to them, then tell them that, tell mm-hmm. them that and start with that. Yeah. If you can start with, you know, this, I, I have been racking my brain all day, or I've been so nervous to have this conversation because I really didn't want to get it wrong. Mm. Starting off something like that, people immediately go like, oh, wow, she doesn't want to offend me or she's been stressed about this. Or, you know, and when you softly go in, you're much more likely to be met with that softness in return. Mm. You know, if we think about energetic exchange just in, in, in something that we all experience, like getting, you know, let's say you you cut somebody off and you didn't realize it. And then they honk, honk at you and they're like, Fuck you, <laughs> exactly. you, you, you don't, your immediate energetic response is usually not, Oh my gosh, thank you for letting me know. I'm going to totally work on that. <laughs> Our instinct is to retaliate and to be like, what? No. You know? Exactly. So the, the same can be said for mimicking emotional current when you're having a tough conversation. So even if it's in a, in a corporate arena to say, it really means a lot to me that you took this time. And Mm. I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous. I really want to get this right. I value our relationship, something like that, where you're entering in, you know, with sort of a soft startup Mm. can, can be incredibly helpful. So So, I'm so glad you brought that up. So powerful. And I love that. I really want to get this right. I mean, how beautiful is that to start a conversation that it's like, hey, we're one here, you know, we might have a disagreement or something here, but yeah, I love that. And I love the, um, you know, leading with the vulnerability, of course, leading with that, that, that type of um, entry, because all we can control is ourselves and our own reaction, right? We can't control that anyone else is going to react, but if we can come from that heart space and that vulnerability, that I think gives permission to the other person to, to do the same too. Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, I would say too, sort of the precursor of going into a tough conversation or a boundary would be to ask the other person for some t- a time to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another way to kind of pull back the defenses is if you think about any situation and anybody listening, when you've been caught off guard, right. primitively, we go into fight flight. Right. You know, we either go, oh my God, leave or mm-hmm. make the other person wrong. Right. You know, so if you can just say like, hey, Leanne, I've got some stuff I'd really love to pick your brain about, or I'd love to run something by you, really love to get your thoughts on something. Don't tell somebody we need to talk. Yeah. Because good. that that usually makes it, you know, like all the alarm bells go off. But right. again, softly saying, I'd love to run some stuff by you. I'd really like to get your opinion on something. Do you have some time tomorrow? And then as that time fills up, first of all, you've shown that other person that you respect their time. And this happens largely in relationships when, uh, or in, you know, like intimate partnerships when, you know, a spouse comes home and they're exhausted or they just got chewed out by their boss or they're in the middle of a project and you, you know, damn it, you've got stuff you want to talk about. So they're going to hear it. Right. And 
you're not being respectful of the other person's time. So just doing that can be set a much better tone. And then during that time frame, think about how do I want to show up? So usually what I'll say is I'll say, okay, flash forward to the next morning after the conversation is going to happen. How do you want to feel about the woman that you were? Not how do I want them to take it? How do I want, what do I want them to do? Because as you said, we can't control that. But how do I want to feel about Amy? Yeah. What would I want to say if I was watching myself on a screen? How would I want to describe that character? Mm. And so using that time to go, how do I want to show up? For me, it's usually a hybrid of the grace and kindness element paired with assertiveness. Mm. I always want that kindness piece. And then I always want to make sure that I'm, I'm bolstering my view and I'm not, you know, trying to dim my light in any way. And, and then the other piece is to, um, is to think about what you're specifically requesting. Mm. Sometimes you're just requesting, like let's say you want to tell your spouse you're really unhappy in your career and you're dying to go back to school, but you don't have any answers. So what you might be requesting is just for them to hear you out and let you get it all out mm. before you, you know, discuss it um, or talk game plan. Mm. If you're in a business arrangement, you know, it might be, you might have a very specific request. I would like to change the reports from Wednesday to Thursday because I think it will streamline operations. Right. Uh, so it really depends if it's a, if it's an in-law, it might be, you know, I had a, a friend of mine who had to specifically say, I need you to not feed my child anything with this, 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 this in it. So it was very linear. It was very concrete because sometimes if we say, I need you to just respect me more. What does you that know? mean? Yeah, what does that even it, mean? Right. Yeah, completely. It's nebulous. And so, like, with my mom, I had to say specifically my request is that you don't invite me to any church or church functions, right? It's, like, clear if the boundary's been breached. Right. So, right. yeah, some, some little nuggets there. Yeah, I love those nuggets. And I love the um, – and sometimes I think it's, it all starts with just awareness, like asking yourself – what is it that's offending me or what is it that is triggering me? Because sometimes I think we don't even know because so much of this subconscious programming is in play. Right. So we don't even know like why when they look at me like that, I get in this state. So just starting with that own awareness and being real with yourself, right. And saying, okay, I think it's coming from this, you know, childhood situation or this um, pattern or, you know, just being able to kind of name it and put it out there. And then you can say, you know, Oh, okay. I feel like I'm totally getting hooked around this. I know that's not what they mean. Let me just take a breath, you know, and then, and then take responsibility for how you're showing up, right? Your feelings like you talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many great things about that. And, and I believe you mentioned this earlier too, around anger. Anger is our most easily accessible emotion, right? It's a secondary emotion. And so what, what that means is that there's usually a primary emotion underneath that. We're usually feeling disappointment, shame, embarrassment, guilt, grief. And because anger is so easy for us to access, again, based off of fight or flight, we, we get retaliatory. So one of the best places to start is to take an inventory on what are the things in my life that I constantly get mad about mm. or that I chronically complain about that I take no action on? Mm. And it usually looks something like this. If you're super furious with your business partner, your spouse gets an earful. If you are super irritated with your mom, 
your therapist gets near full. If you choose to, it's right. like we tell the wrong people, but right. we get it out. We just tell the wrong people. Right. And it's not a problem if we're just expelling energy and we're just, you know, releasing anger. What is a problem is when we do it habitually over and over again and take zero action to rectify it. Right. And we just, because when we stand in blame, we're rendered helpless and victim, you know, because we go, the only way I can be happy is if they're different. Right. So, the ego yeah, trying that's to one be of right. the, right. one of the best places you can start is look through your day, look at what you constantly complain about, and then ask, what have I not spoken up about here? You know, and then to your point, it could be family of origin stuff. You might be triggered by your boss because it reminds you of a familial relationship. Mm-hmm. The most important, and you can certainly dig into that and find you know, your peace in the matter. But I do think it's important in, in figuring out where do I need to speak up? It's usually those things that incite a lot of anger and some people stuff it or the constant complaining that actually gets mm. verbalized just to the wrong people. That's such a great way to, to go for it. And also, too, what's coming up when you're talking about that is is this notice and be aware of when you're in a certain state, are you angered more easily? Like, are you tired or are you hungry? You know, those are the two for me. I'm tired and I'm hungry, you know. You're going to have a shorter fuse. So, you know, what, what are the states you can be in? And, again, the state you want to have that conversation in, right? Um, Absolutely. Right. And and I know, I know Rise Up For You does a lot of work around emotional intelligence and Mm -hmm. that's, that's a huge element. I mean, and that's another thing that we're not taught. Right. We, you know, we're reactionary in many situations, but uh, one of the things that I, I work with people on oftentimes is I'll say, you know, notice the anger and then what is, what's the primary underneath that? Mm -hmm. Is it severe disappointment? Is it, you know, what, what's happening there so that you can, you can heal, right? So that we can be better. Not so, uh, it, you know, that, that, that person gets let off the hook. It's not about that. Right. It's about us finding that peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's, it's ultimately the only one person we need to forgive is ourselves. I believe, you know, people are going to be who they are. It's forgiving ourselves. And, and then, like you said, how do you show up in, in, whatever you want to show up with love, compassion and kindness and grace and, and boldness and being able to speak up, but being able to do it in a way that is, um, is kind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this can be, this can be as intimate as, uh, committing to not faking orgasms or to ask for what you need in the bedroom yeah. to not air take for the patriarchy in the bedroom, right. um, depending on, on what your orientation is, but the, you know, it can be as intimate as that. It can be, uh, somebody asking you for money for an organization outside of a supermarket that you don't believe in and just saying like, not today. Thank you so much for asking or, or I will say, you know, I don't subscribe to that, but I wish you all the best luck, you know, or, um, you know, even a situation I had, uh, I do community theater here and there and Mm -hmm. I was in a show and there was a, a gentleman who was, who showed me something on his phone. It was a meme on his phone that was disparaging to um, a a handicapped child, both mentally and physically. And to me, that doesn't constitute comedy. Mm. And so he shows me it and kind of is like, ha ha ha, like, you know, like join in, collude with me. (laughs) So I was at a very pivotal moment there, right? 
the easy thing to do would be to, to just go, Haha, and like walk away, like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I operate under this belief of I will not allow my silence to make me a liar. Mm. Wow. So I thought, okay, if I don't speak up right now, my silence is going to make me complicit in something that I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. Did I have to get into a full-blown debate about it? No. All I had to do was stand in integrity for Amy. So I said, you know what? I actually don't find that funny at all. I just appreciate it if you don't share that stuff with me going forward. All right, see you on the stage. You know, like, whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be huge. It can just be a simple statement of, like, I don't agree. I'm offended. I'm going to politely excuse myself because I don't share that same sentiment. It just takes practice and having those kind of in your back pocket to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to allow that. And, and for me also being in a career of integrity and then this being my niche, it keeps me honest, you know, cause totally. I think I can't preach this and not actually do it. Right, yeah. So, you know, that, that is one of the pieces of sort of a, a compass that I operate under is will my silence make me complicit or make me uh, a liar? And, mm. and that's usually when I need, I know I need to be vocal. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so powerful. And, and I love that example because it's not about you trying to change them or disparaging them. It's just, you know, it's not for me and that's okay. You know, that's right. I'm not going to hold it for the rest of your life. It's just not me. It's just not for me. So, um, that's such a, a, again, a kind way to do that, just to stand in your truth, but be kind and don't disparage and then go down that rabbit hole with someone else, you know? So, um, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then if you do ever want to get in a bigger conversation, you know, and you do want to be, have a, a decent dialogue, then you've entered into it in a kind way instead of, I don't believe in that, or I'm so offended. Or, you know, we can, what I'm saying is we can affect more change yep. if we deliver how we feel and what we believe in that soft, kind way. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And you're speaking into the other person's listening, right? Because it's, no one wants to be barked at and told they're wrong and, you know, disparaged and put down, right. And, and, and bullied or whatever you want to call it. It's, 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 yeah. yeah, it's like, you know what, hey, let's have a conversation about this. This is this is great learning for both of us, you know? So Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So many nuggets. So wonderful. I love this because communication is everything. That's where all the um, misunderstandings and you know, a lot of uh, grievances and arguments come from. It's just just misunderstandings. So being able to communicate and and, and in a kind way, like we demonstrated some of the things that you talked about. I really want to get this right. Love that. Love that. And, um, and yeah, just entering into the conversation in, in, that, in that kind and compassionate way that you're, you're open to listening to their side as well and sharing your side. So, um, that, and, that, and then you build that confidence, like you said, right? As you do that more and more, you step into your power and your confidence of, of being able to live in it all the time you know and we think it happens the opposite way it's like we think we it's like as soon as i'm really confident then i'll start speaking up <laughs> but what we don't realize is we gain the confidence by doing the same tough thing with repetition Absolutely. you know and and so there's still times you know where my best friend told me she goes i assume that all these conversations are, are easy for you and I was like, are you shitting me? My heart, like, cause I was bringing up an issue to her right. and she's also a life coach. And mm-hmm. so I was, I was like, you kidding me? My heart was pounding out of my chest 
And it's, it's what I like to call being fear optimized. Mm -hmm. Fearless doesn't exist. We're still going to get in it, we're still going to feel fear, but it's behaving from a place of courage. Like how can we optimize this fear? How can we make it as useful and productive as possible? Absolutely. That's why behaving from a place of courage, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And everything is, yeah. it just takes practice. Like you said, it's That's not right. like you're going to just leap into it overnight. If it, if it hasn't been your way of being, you know, it, it's, it takes time to do that. Yeah, so, it really practice. does. It really does. And it's, it's, it's the same thing with anything else. The first time you start a new sport, the first time you start a, you know, a new way of eating or learning a new language, you're fumbly at the beginning, right. but then you get to a point where you have competency, then you get to mastery and it is so much better over here. And I have to say <laughs> that now I have a physical, visceral experience when I know I need to speak up. So it's almost well, it is physically painful for me to keep something that I know I need to expel. And I, for so many years, I was just really good at tolerating that feeling. And now, like, it's so uncomfortable for me. I'm like, I, I got to get this out and, yeah. <laughs> and process. That's so important yeah. that you, that you, um, that you acknowledge that because that's where a lot of, um, disease and illness comes from for people, right? This like fear, this judgment and lack of forgiveness that lives in the fascia of the body. You know, it's a constriction on the body. So the more we can, we can get that out and speak that truth, the, the just more it's self-care, you know, it's self-care and the healthier will be. Yes. My, my husband's, uh, work that he does he primarily works with the fascia oh okay cool. yeah so i'm like i know he always says you've got issues in your tissues <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we we talk about the correlation all the time because yeah. he he does a lot of sort of metaphysical work in the body work practice mm -hmm. and he'll notice that you know um for instance severe anxiety or anyone who's dealt with a, abuse it's held in a very specific place of the body and that's not western thought process you know we kind of go no that's not connected you know and i think we're now opening our minds up a little bit more to how uh, interdependent everything is but yeah totally. just ease yeah. not at exactly. not at ease exactly yeah. exactly so yeah that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast we need to do but <laughs> but wow i just love everything you shared and um we like to kind of wrap it up with a few little power questions that we ask our guests. So our first one is, um, what is one book that has had just a massive impact on you or a book that you want to recommend to our audience? Ooh, uh, I, and this is coincidentally not, it has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, <laughs> but it really was at a very pivotal time in my life. This was in about 2014. I read, the Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harbecker. Mm, yeah. And it was really the first time that I understood that we are in relationship with money the same way we're in relationship with our body, the same way we're in relationship with a spouse, child, you know, friend. And that, and I've done, a, there's been multiple books, you know, around money since then that have been really influential, but that was really the, the genesis for me. Mm -hmm. So. Nice. I, I least it. nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. T. Harv is great. He's, a, it's, uh, he's pretty powerful. So I love that. Okay. How about one quote that you live by? 
Ooh, one of my favorite quotes, and it's so applicable to sort of this to this people-pleasing idea that we've been talking about today, is uh, by Irma Kurtz, and it says, givers have to set limits because takers rarely do. And mm. it's, you know, one of those things that I noticed that, you know, we think like, oh, they wouldn't ask that of me. It's like, no, no, no. People are going to ask. People are going to take. And I don't think it's important to stand in the place of everybody's going to try to get something from me. But if you, if you identify as being a giver to go, I need to set limits. I need to stand, stand up for myself mm. and, and be kind about it. Yeah, absolutely. I heard one time, no is a complete sentence. <laughs> it is. So no yeah. is okay, you know. <laughs> because, absolutely. you know, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And then what happens is resentment. And, there's, you know, so many things can come up in that saying yes to things that you don't really want to do or be a part of. And so that's brilliant. I love that. It's fantastic. Um, if you could leave the world with one final message, like one golden nugget, what would it be? Uh, well, it's one of the pivotal kind of mantras that I use, that I teach from, and part of like the whole joy junkie philosophy is that you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. So your reception is going to be all across the board. Some people are going to think that you're amazing. Some people are going to think that you're horrible and some people are going to be indifferent. Yeah. And you, it's not your responsibility to make everybody love you and like you and that, you know, approve of you. It's your responsibility to show up in a way that you are proud mm. and that you, you love you. And that's the whole rise up for you concept, right? It's Absolutely. being the best version of yourself, despite what anybody else might think. So you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. Mm, I love that. That is so true because they're going to take it any way they want to and just be responsible for you, right? Um, well, see, you spoke about Rise Up For You. So that's the name of us, right? That's our company. We yeah. always like to ask, what does that mean when you hear Rise Up For You? What does it mean for you? You know, I we talked about this a little bit earlier with the idea of courage and that was that really is what comes up for me mm. is that there's nothing easy about it we are we are in a crazy time in history where we get to see all of our opposition front and center we get to hear from people behind keyboards feeling very liberal about sharing their thoughts about you and who you are and you know at the same time we're also able to connect with such incredible spirits as well but I think that it's easy for us to say all of these tips and tools and tactics but what it takes internally to really rise up is that courage is that willingness to make the call you're scared to do is to speak up to somebody that you're terrified of how you're going to be received uh to throw your name in for a promotion and you know all of those things take courage yeah and uh if if you don't fight for you no one else is going to right so yeah i take courage courage love it love it so where can we find you so my little corner of the internet is over at thejoyjunkie.com and junkie is just spelled uh, J-U-N-K-I-E. Mm -hmm. And I have tons of freebies over there, free workshops, free eBooks. 
And I also have a podcast I've been doing for about six years. My, my husband's my little sidekick over there. I love it. And uh, yeah, so tons of places for you to kind of stop me, get, you know, get free resources. And, and I do a lot of uh, very tactical steps. I think it's something in personal development that, that is missing a lot of times so when we talk about concepts. Mm-hmm. So uh, like the podcast you'll see are like, how to do this, how to do that. It's very nice. uh, specific. So nice. yeah, come hang out. And, and then as far as social, I hang out the most on Instagram. On Instagram. Okay, great. Is that yeah. Joy Junkie as well? It is. Yeah. That Joy Junkie, uh, pretty much everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. On social. Yeah. All right, Amy. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this really was a pleasure. And um, I feel like there's so much synchronicity with us. And I just really, really enjoyed this conversation. Enjoyed having you with us. And I, and I really, um, you know, honor everything that you talked about and that you're helping us stand alongside um, our, our audience's journey to becoming their best self. Because that's what we're all about. Like, how do we just be better and show up better and, and be authentic and real? And, and you shared so many great, great um, nuggets and information on that. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I love what y'all are up to. And um, you. yeah, the more of that, the better. So thank you so much. Too. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.